right, welcome to the Bull Rush. This is episode two. I am Ty Miller, and I'm, of course, joined by Dynasty Frank and Scott Fish. What's going on, Ty? Hey, what's going on, guys? All right, all right. Let's talk some football. Uh, yeah, you guys had anything that stands out to you in the preseason? Um, I know we've all been probably watching pretty closely as much as we can. Yeah, I, I have one thing that stands out, that all my guys get injured in the preseason, and I hate the preseason. That's all. I can't stand the preseason. Let it just be like one week. Either that or I have to draft way later. But every single one of my guys gets injured. You sound like a pissed off Jordy Nelson owner. I have pissed off Jordy Nelson Jordy Nelson owner, Kelvin Benjamin owner. Uh didn't Randall Cobb go down yesterday too? I got yeah, I was getting tweets right. and texts. My phone was blowing up. I'm like just laughing at me. All I all I get was L O L all over my text <laughs> messages. LOL, haha, you stink. Cobb's hurt. So I hate the preseason. <laughs> I love the uh, I love the uh, the bandwagons that happen. It seems like half the people out there hate Jeff Janis now, and half the people want him to fail. Half yeah. the people want him to be the best thing ever. There's Ty Montgomery bandwagon. Uh, yesterday, yesterday I tweeted out something to the effect of, according to uh, my, what I can gather from Twitter. Uh, Amir Abdullah and Zach Zenner are going to combine for 4,000 yards rushing and 40 <laughs> touchdowns. That's a given. That's 100% true. I got about 30 favorites and about 20 retweets and about 20 new followers off of that one tweet. That might be, <laughs> might be my most successful tweet in, <laughs> in my Twitter career. I think your most successful tweet was the very first tweet you ever tweeted, Scott. That was a good tweet. That <laughs> I, uh, For the listeners, my very first tweet back in 2009, 2009 was pissing awesomeness, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> As a prelude to what was to come. Yeah, right. All right, well, we were uh, kind of talking about the Packers there with Jordy and, and Randall Cobb. And, you know, normally people are kind of targeting them for fantasy uh, purposes, Scott, do you have a, a top fantasy offense you're kind of targeting this year? Uh, yeah, I, I figured the last show we did not talk about the Vikings enough, so I, <laughs> I would bring them up again. <laughs> the Vikings ball rush. They, they use a ball horn, right? That's right, yeah. I don't know what that thing's called. but uh, I, I, I tend to find myself with more Vikings than I normally do. I generally don't make homer picks. I don't make a whole lot of homer picks in my uh, – in my leagues, it's I go against those mindsets, just like uh, the dynasty mindset. I'm in a I'm in this uh, draft with Giants league uh, that Andy Sigel, Singleton put on with like Sigmund Bloom and Rich Rebar and you know Josh Moore and Chad Parsons and just Steve Gallo, a ton of awesome guys. I've only drafted one rookie, and I'm a dynasty league football guy. But uh, so I I tend to buck those trends. But the Vikings are a team I find myself targeting this year. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater over the last six weeks last year was QB 11, uh, I believe Matthew Berry said. I, I haven't double-checked those stats, but I'll buy it. Um, he was pretty good. This year, his fantasy uh, playoff schedule is, is pretty cake uh, if, if you uh, have a QB injury, and he does turn out to be awesome. He's looked great in the preseason, super accurate. The, his fantasy playoff schedule, the, guy, the teams are ranked 22, 31, and 26 last year, which uh, take that with a grain of salt, but... Uh, they do play eight teams that, that finished in the bottom third of the, in the league against fantasy quarterbacks. Uh, Kyle Rudolph is currently going right at the at tight end one, tight end two edge, tight end, tight end 12 or 13 right in that range. 
Norv Turner has been good for tight ends. He's going in the 11th round, which is crazy good value if you want to wait on a tight end and hopefully get a guy that could be top five or six. And uh, Charles Johnson's being drafted as a wide receiver three, and I think he's got legit wide receiver uh, wide receiver two upside this year. Yeah, Scott, I totally agree with that. I uh, actually, in my home league draft, I just took Teddy Bridgewater and Charles Johnson, so I think a little bit of your love's rubbing off on me. Yeah, I'm I'm all on board with Minnesota. I had the toughest decision on whether to keep Allen Robinson or Charles Johnson. Old Chuck. Uh, old Chucky. At uh, midnight, what was it, two days ago? And I went with Allen Robinson, but it was against my gut. I love Charles Johnson, and I, I love Teddy Bridgewater, so I'm on board with that. Yeah, so who are you, uh, who are you targeting, Frank? Anybody? Any offenses? See, this seems like a homer pick for me, even though I'm in New York, because I've been on the Detroit Lions bandwagon. Uh, I'm the biggest Megatron <laughs> fanboy there is. I love is Megatron. Stafford, Golden Tate, how about that catch and throw by uh, oh, yeah. in the in the preseason? That was fantastic. Um, yeah. I mean, according to PFF, uh, they had the second best pass blocking uh, efficiency. Their offensive line did. Hmm. Uh, they got a pretty easy schedule as well. I mean, they they face Seattle Week Four, Kansas City Week Eight. I mean, the St. Louis in Week Fourteen kind of scares me because that's like your first. I mean, a lot of my leagues, that's the first playoff game. Right. Well, I mean, so I hate to be that guy that, you know, kills it throughout the year and then, you know, you're one and done in the playoffs. But that happens to me all the time. I hate it. But with those weapons, um, I think I think Stafford – I mean, people hate Stafford. I know. You either love him or you hate him, I guess. So, but I, I love Stafford. People talk about how inefficient he is, and, and I mean, that that's – that is kind of a fact. <laughs> right. But the fact that he gets so much use, you know, I mean, and he has good weapons around him, and now they have a running game. I, I kind of agree with you there. And Zach Zenner, the god. I mean, <laughs> yeah. He's going to be phenomenal. The Zen master. <laughs> the Zen master, nice. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm all in on the Detroit offense this year. Okay, I like that. I like that. Um, I'm going to kind of go with someone I don't think, a team that too many people don't really talk too much about. But we all kind of like their players, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs, of course. Charles Fuprez, Jamal Charles. <laughs> uh, he's you know he's going as a top five pick, and I think that's that where it should be going in PPR. He's going to get a ton of use. You know, he's I would take him over guys like Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson. Uh, I actually did a, a little debate on the Duke and Boy show with Duke about uh, who would, you know, Charles or Bell. And uh, pretty sure I won that one. But yeah, uh, I think you did. I think you did. <laughs> According to Duke, though, you no, he he won that one. He said. Yeah, you crapped the uh, bed. That's right. Right. Of course. <laughs> you know, like last year, he had ten weeks. Jamal Charles had ten weeks with over fifteen fantasy points. He also had eight games in a row over eighteen fantasy points. So I mean, like that's that's pretty consistent, and that's kind of what you want with your first round pick. You don't want to bust. You know. Then they also have Jeremy Macklin. And when he went to Kansas City, people just buried him, basically. The narrative was, you know, like he, his fantasy outlook was doomed because, you know, last year we know they didn't throw any touchdowns, wide receivers, and, you know, the only kind of hope you had was Andy Reid may be able to use him right. And through the preseason, I mean, he's Alex Smith's favorite target, and he's looked good. You know, I mean, he smoked Tennessee, which isn't too difficult, but, I mean, he's, he's looked good. And he's going in the fifth round, which I think is fair. You know, you're looking probably your second, maybe third wide receiver there. 
he's a guy that I'll, I'll definitely pay the price for uh, if I need to. And then in that same fifth round, you got Travis Kelsey going, which we all love Zeus. You know, people oh, call him, God. Yeah, exactly. People <laughs> are calling him Baby Gronk, and, you know, I don't, I don't think that's inaccurate. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> the guy is a monster. You know, every time he just touches the ball, he's, he's just doing stuff with it. And Travis Kelsey is the only reason I would be nervous about owning Jamal Charles. And that's because if you look at the splits for Jamal Charles from 2013 to 2014, you know, he played all of 2013 without Travis Kelsey and all of 2014 with Travis Kelsey. And uh, he's averaging eight less fantasy points per game when Travis Kelsey is on the field. So that's, wow. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I the only reason that. I'm nervous about Charles. Uh, but he's, like I said, he's in the fifth round. So, I mean, I, I think that's pretty solid. And then the guy running the offense, Alex Smith, you know, he's going in the 16th round. People always talk about him as a, a, a streaming option. And that's true. You know, he, he is a good option there, especially when you put those those weapons around him. He finally has a good wide receiver. And, yes, I think Jeremy Macklin's better than Dwayne Bowe. Uh, and then they also have Chris Conley now. You know, you got you get those guys in there. Chris Conley's going to get better. And he's he's already looked pretty good in preseason. But you just have those, you know, it's, it's a good weapon, you know, good offense, good weapons around Alex Smith. And it's a, an offense that people may not talk about in the same category as Indianapolis or anything, but we all kind of like some of those players on that team. I, I love Kansas City players. I hate Alex Smith. It's just me. Uh, and I hate Macklin. I'm on record saying I hate Macklin, not because he's not talented. <laughs> he's an a extremely talented wide receiver. I, there's him and Deshaun Jackson. I guess it's just my giant giant uh, homer in me. I yeah, can't man. stand him. But he's a good pick, you know? He's a definitely a good pick in the fifth. Especially in home leagues. Like, in my yeah. home league last night, he essentially went in the eighth as yeah. a wide receiver five for someone. Wow. That That's is, awesome. when you can get that kind of value, even if you hate a guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, don't know how awesome. much faith I have in Conley, though. Wilson is, you know, supposedly the starter. I know he got hurt Friday, and he's supposed right. to be fine, but I worry that that... Past Macklin, Kelsey, and Charles, I worry that that's just going to be a hodgepodge of 30 catches here, 30 catches there, 10 catches there, whatever. It so, might be. Yeah. I don't know how startable those guys are, but I, I hear you on the rest of that. Yeah, our next segment we're going to do is called the Reach Around. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and essentially it's uh, a player or maybe two that we would uh, reach around for to, to make sure we, we land them on our team. So, Frank... Who you got for the reach around? All right, so for my reach around, it's definitely a homer pick. <laughs> Again, it is Shane Vereen. I love Shane Vereen. I think um, on the Giants, he will have – I think he might be their number one running back by the end of the year because I have no faith well, – I have little faith in Rashad. Rashad Jennings, I'm sorry. And um, Andre Williams is just, he's got cinder blocks for hands. Uh, he can't catch he can't catch a cold. I'm actually so, convinced uh, that my two-and-a-half-year-old son can catch a football better than Andre Williams. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy's a beast. I mean, if you ever see him in person, I actually went to a, a game. I was on the sideline last year, and this guy is a mountain of a human. But he cannot catch anything. So I think Chamberlain will be used a lot. Uh, it's going to be that, like I said, with that defense, they're going to be either they're going to be a lot of shootouts. They're going to be playing from behind, and Chamberlain's the only one in that backfield. He has my trust in that backfield. Let's just say, because he'll right. catch he'll catch anything going his way. 
Yeah, the, to pull back the curtains here, I wanted Shane Vereen as well for, uh, <laughs> I believe it was this segment. Um, yes, but it was a rough night for me. So, <laughs> so obviously, I completely agree, and I don't. I don't think it's even an. Uh, he he mentioned uh, Frank mentioned him being the Giants' number one running back by the end of the season. I think uh, I I don't know about number one running back, number two running back, but as far as fantasy, I think he's going to be the the top fantasy producer for that team the entire season. What he does can be so valuable for the Giants, especially if those wide receivers can spread out and open up the field a little. He can be caught in space, and oof, I really love that that Vereen pick, especially since he's going in like the seventh or eighth round. I believe yes. I took him in my home league last night. Yep, look at that, ten oh one in a in a home league. That's fantastic. <laughs> give me, give me that. At I think he's my running back uh, five four. Four or five. That's, so that's value. That's yeah. that's perfect. We got to realize that there are a lot of people out there playing in home leagues, and this is what's happening out there. I mean, we yeah. we're in the industry, and the in analyst leagues and stuff, things are things are a lot tighter. Uh, you can't get these steals, but in home leagues, if you're listening to this, man, get a guy like that in the seventh, eighth, ninth, even tenth round. So I I, I took a, a photo of my home leagues draft board and I was this is great for the podcast (laughs) I know I just want to verify that I also took Shane Vereen at the 10.04 so I I went I was like you know what I I, I got him somewhere I I took him in the 10th round fourth pick in the 10th round so yeah I love Shane Vereen yeah the guy I would give a reach around for is Doug Martin (laughs) 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 Uh, he, he basically got thrown out with the trash uh, this offseason, you know, people, the narrative last year was that Charles Sims is Lovey's guy and, and Doug Martin sucks. Um, he only had three good games a couple years ago, and last year he didn't do too much to disprove people that did not like him. Uh, you know, he missed like five games, I think. Just was not very good, but then this offseason, he's named the starter. Once the preseason got rolling, it's amazing. He started blowing it up, and now people are talking about him, and you know he, he's actually getting some love. You know, he's been slowly creeping into the fifth round. Uh, his, his average draft position is in the fifth round. You know, they, they improved the offensive line a little bit, and he's actually got a damn quarterback. And I consider Jameis Winston an up, upgrade over Josh McCown. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> right. He's like, if you've seen him in the preseason, I mean, we all have. He's running with like some sort of chip on his shoulder. He's like running angry. He's He looks yeah. like a lot better this year than he did last year. A lot I, better. I want to read you his opponents because I just had to look this up while you were talking. This is this is a little ridiculous, actually. <laughs> Titans, Saints, Jaguars. These aren't in, these aren't uh, in exact order. I'm skipping some teams. Sure. Titans, Saints, Saints, Jaguars, Falcons, Giants, Cowboys, Eagles, Colts, Falcons, Saints, and <laughs> Bears. I guess are you know middle or lower but that's a lot of lot of teams that were pretty poor against the run last year you know scott Absolutely. after you read that i'm just thinking about giving doug martin two reach arounds <laughs> <laughs> i might reach around for two there i mean the week the week 15 st louis game is the only one yeah. that would worry me but other than that he's come on well uh i guess the guy that i am willing to give a reach around for uh <laughs> two i guess uh philip dorsett I suppose even Dante Moncrief, if it's a deeper draft too, but uh, Philip Dorsett is a guy who's, it looks like he's beating out Moncrief for that wide receiver three role in uh, in the offense that there's rumors that it's pretty good and that it passes a lot. Somewhat. It's 
that's the that's the vibe on Twitter. I don't know if it's been verified or not, but <laughs> and, and I hear quarterback. that quarterback is pretty good. I hear that quarterback <laughs> yes. is pretty good. Yeah, so I will take the wide receiver three in that offense. Um, I don't know how how startable he'll be most of the time, but if there's even one injury to Andre Johnson, or Andre Johnson falls off the map, gets hurt, yeah. T.Y. Hilton gets hurt, or I don't think he'll fall off the map, but Dorsett could be huge, absolutely huge in that offense. So he's a guy that I'm willing to grab late. That that draft with Giants thing I mentioned, by the way, a shout out. Uh, Thanks to uh, Andy Singleton of the Nickel Press uh, for putting that on. Just, just a very fun thing there. Um, that's the that's the rookie I took. The only rookie I took in the eleventh round, and I realize his value is probably much later than that. I just wanted to lock that down as a uh, high upside wide receiver five or six or seven at the back of my bench that I don't have to. I can just ignore him until he breaks out. And if he doesn't, then I can drop him. It's it's not something that's going to cost your team. So. Right. Uh, that's that's my guy. Yeah, I think uh, the one thing to take away from all of this is just get your guy. You know, if you have a guy that you want, don't just you know you don't have to stick to the ADP too closely. You know, if you want the guy, reach around and get him. <laughs> that's part of fantasy, right? That's that, this is I all think, fantasy. You guys don't I have know, to but about reach around. <laughs> I think it's a very underrated part of fantasy that you should enjoy playing it. You should you should get your guys and actually enjoy cheering for the guys you want to cheer for. You don't you don't want to completely screw over your team because it's fun to win. Right. But you should you should definitely have players on your team that you want. Right. You should exactly. definitely enjoy reach arounds. Right. <laughs> that was, that's does. what you're saying. Is that what, what we're talking about? Right. That's... Exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, our next segment is sponsored by Big Nick's Concrete. Hello, friends. Do you find yourself in need of concrete? Then come on down to Big Nick's Concrete Symposium and Gravel Yard, where you can find concrete patios, concrete floors, concrete doors, and for that special occasion, concrete boots. Take a walk through our scenic gravel yard and grab a cannoli at our pastry bar. So come on down to Big Nick's Concrete Symposium and Gravel Yard off of Route 333 in Secaucus, New Jersey. Oh, yeah, I've, I've actually been to that gravel yard. It's it's elegant. It's fantastic. How's the cannolis? Cannolis is awesome. With a nice espresso, it's fantastic. You know, when I'm looking for concrete boots... There's only one place I go, and that's Big Nick's Concrete. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, thanks to Big Nick for sponsoring our next segment, which is Top Running Back Sleepers of 2015. Uh, Frank, what you got? All right, my top running back sleeper is Kiri Robinson. I mean, his ADP is in the 13th round, and C.J. Spiller... Mark Ingram. I mean, C.J. Spiller. I think he's still injured. Is he nicked up or is he back? I don't even know anymore. No, he's it's, still it's injured. Like, he's still injured. He gets injured every other week, every other day. He walks down some stairs. He pops pops something <laughs> in his foot. So, but whenever you see Kiri, Kiri Robinson in the game, like he actually knows what he's doing. You know, he can actually play ball. So, if you just give him some time, I guess in that offense, I think he can actually be. Uh, serviceable. I think he can he can uh, score some great fantasy points for you, and you're getting him in the 13th round. I mean, why not? I think that's, very that's a good one. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> uh, Scott, what you got, buddy? 
Wow. I, if I knew you were going that deep, I would have gone deeper. <laughs> Frank always goes deep. Uh-oh. Goes deep. I can... Uh, uh, never mind. Let's move on. I, I wrote down... I wrote down LeGarrette Blunt just based on value because, <laughs> oh, man, if I'd known, I probably would have gone something super late like Matt Jones. But uh, um, I went with LeGarrette Blunt because he's going in the seventh or eighth in a lot of my drafts. And since he's within, in his 16 games with Belichick, he has like 1,100 yards and 15 touchdowns. Uh, and even though he's suspended, uh, he's still entrenched in the number one role. He's still getting number one. Uh, running back snaps. Um, he early in his career, he had that not a good goal line back <laughs> tag. People yep. people used to knock him for it. And uh, as a guy who scouts Debbie, I, he was awesome on the goal line in Oregon. I mean, just awesome. That's that was most of his role. And uh, until he was suspended or uh, kicked off for punching a dude. But uh, <laughs> I, I think that double digit touchdowns is a lock. I think a thousand yards is a lock. Um, if you're in a return yard league, he does returns occasionally. <laughs> so, uh, honestly, I will jump and grab him five, six, round five, six, seven. If I can wait longer, um, more power to me. Uh, he's going to his RB three, but honestly, I think he could. I think he's probably going to finish as an RB two. I would almost bet on him finishing as an RB two. And if there's injuries or people fall off, it would not shock me if he finished as a top twelve running back this season. So where you can get him as your RB3 or in a, maybe a home league in an RB4, which I did, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a steal. I, I guess he's not really a sleeper, though, but I think people knock New England running backs. They just hate him. So right, right. I want to give him props. It's that, that indecision, like, every week. Am I going to play LeGarrette Le Blunt or is Jonas Gray going to get everything? Am I going to play Jonas Gray and then LeGarrette Blunt gets everything? But I agree. I, I, I like LeGarrette Blunt this year. I think he's pretty much going to be that and guy. You got to – I mean, Belichick has proven to stick with a guy. I mean, Corey Dillon he stuck with. I right. Mean, yeah, and that suspension you're talking about, that's only one game, right? Yep, only one I mean, game. That's, that's nothing. You know, people are still taking Le'Veon Bell first overall with – two games, so obviously I'm not saying that they're, you know, comparable yeah, right, necessarily, right. but, you know, games away. Yeah, the guy I want to talk about is Gus Johnson, you know. He's now in Dallas. He got cut by Oakland. He was undrafted, got signed by Oakland, and then cut. And the fact that uh, Joseph Randall is there with Darren McFadden, and when they were dinged up in the first game of the preseason, Gus Johnson got the start, and he looked really good until he, he injured his shoulder and it took him out of commission for a couple weeks now, but he's he's back. He should be all right. The big thing with him is he's kind of a fringe player. You know, yeah. I mean, he's basically going undrafted in most drafts. If he makes the 53, he's a guy to to definitely keep an eye on. If you watch the game, I forget who they played in the first week of the preseason, but I mean, the guy is just he's he's crazy good. He makes this great you know one jump cut and just goes upfield. Uh, he was good right around the goal line uh, in that game. Uh, what I can say about that is that you, what you're mentioning about him just just being so decisive that's uh, that's great for a defensive for an offensive line like the Cowboys that are so big and so powerful they can create a, create a hole right away and he can just decide go through it and just run. Darren McChicken legs is right. you know not good at NFL football anymore. Uh, you know he's he's better than I would be. <laughs> barely. Right, barely. Um, I'm pretty sure we can get an average of four yards per carry behind that line. 
Based on last week talking about the Atlanta secondary and this week talking about my son and uh, any one of us, <laughs> I think that next week the over-under on times we will compare ourselves to NFL players uh, for next week, 1.5? I, I was going to say 3.5, at least 3.5. Good bet. No, but Gus Johnson should be on that list, and I don't know if you guys are like this. and. If you're listening, maybe you should be. <laughs> uh, I have an Excel file with my with my leagues in it, and I ha- I generally keep a list of players that are on the waiver wire that I'm keeping an eye on. I don't know who else does this, but he's he's one of those guys that you should probably just keep on that and and just keep an eye. If you have a deep roster, you might as well throw him at the back of it right now. Absolutely. Yeah, he's definitely a guy. If he gets if he does get cut, then I'm still stashing him in dynasty. You're just kind of hoping that he falls somewhere else. Obviously, the perk on him right now is that he's in Dallas, and you know, fantasy Twitter just wants to own every running back that's that could potentially be the guy there. Joseph Randall, I mean, he's going like the fourth, fifth round, and then you got Darren McFadden. Like we said, I mean, you can bank on him not making it through the whole season. And so, I mean, Ghost Johnson's definitely worth a stash, especially if you take him. You can probably take him with your last pick in any of your drafts. I I just I want Jerry Jones to do something super Jerry Jones and like make a move for someone we all hate like Sean Green mid season and then he <laughs> oh, becomes a stock. Twitter would burn. There would be well, like, that there would be that meme of the Joker burning money all over. Exactly. <laughs> well, or like Ray Rice. Watch him yeah. watch him sign like Ray Rice after like week <laughs> three when he finds out that Joseph Randall can't do the job. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, get me Ray Ross on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Best Gary Jones impression I've heard in the last five minutes. Uh, was that Al Pacino from Scent of a Woman playing Jerry Jones? Hoa! <laughs> no, that was pretty good. That was yeah. decent. We should do some Al Pacino power rankings next week. Yeah. Number one, Le'Veon Bell. Hoa! <laughs> <laughs> All right, old Scott has a couple of little stats here. He wants us to have to decide, and it's going to make you think a little bit. I'll let him explain it a little bit here. Did you write me a jingle for this, Ty? Oakstone Ashes? You know, I, I'm definitely going to do, like, stat from Scott or something like that. And then play that awesome song. <laughs> I seriously hope it's better than that. If there's anyone out there that has a bad <laughs> wants to write a jingle or a, uh, a sounder for this segment or even the podcast, <laughs> we can use one. You should Excuse play that Scott. awesome song again. <laughs> awesome song. Yeah, there you go. Uh, suppose. Awesome. Uh, Scott pissing I should, awesome I should, I should, We should sample that. We should. I get it. Yeah, but then he'll hear about it while listening on his podcast at Burger King, and he'll, he'll try, to, try to get some money from us. I'm sorry, Spoz, if you're listening. Maybe, maybe you still have a career. I don't know. Um, all right. This, I guess the segment's called Stat from Scott. I, I'm basically going to throw something at uh, the other boys and the listeners, and maybe you can think about it in your head and see what you what you think. Uh, who you think? What side do you think wins? Um, all right, Rob Gronkowski has has uh, 54 career regular season touchdowns and has started 54 regular season games. Yeah, I realize he's played in 65. Over under 54 regular season touchdowns for the rest of his career. That would put him at 108. The all-time touchdown record is Tony G with 111. Um, and uh, Gronk has only played five seasons. Tony G played 17. I, 
I, I think this is a lock, but what do you what do you guys think? Over under 54 touchdowns to double what he's had so far in the rest of his career. I think it's possible. I think uh, I'm going to take the over and I'll lock that in. You know, if you just look at if he can play for another five seasons, which I think is possible. He averages about 10 touchdowns a, a year. You're looking right there at 50. So I think that's that's easy. I think, I think that's a, a very good lock on the over. You know, when he was sitting at, uh, I think it was somewhere in the range of 42 touchdowns in 42 games, and he had all the injury concerns, it was it was a bigger question. Now, yeah. uh, after last year, I, I think it's a, a little more safe. But he's remember, he does get hurt a lot, and he is a That's big true. boy. Tight ends, tight ends get hit a lot. Um, yeah, I think but that is a concern. He's a man amongst boys. He's a god, and I hate the Patriots. And he's just Gronk. I mean... I think 54 touchdowns. I think he gets 84 touchdowns. There we go. I said 84 <laughs> more touchdowns. I think he's going to own that that uh, that record. And uh, any concern? Uh, any concern about Brady being 36? I mean, if Brady plays, let's say two more seasons, any concern? And Gronk gets let's let's go higher and say 25 touchdowns. Uh, then he's without Brady. What do you think? Yeah, that's tricky. That is tricky because. Gronk, you're thinking Gronk. If I, you know, like I said, five years with Gronk. Who knows? Brady said he wants to play into his 40s. But yeah, how many how many quarterbacks have been affected past 39? I think it's like one or two or zero. Brett Favre, man. Brett Favre. Brett Favre had an awesome age 39 season. His age 40 season as a Vikings fan, I'm willing to forget. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. Oh, but that's a good question. I do have one more for you. Oh, Uh, okay. In standard scoring last year, OBJ had two Odell Beckham Jr. If if you guys don't know, <laughs> is he a new uh, guy? <laughs> yeah, he he jumped on the scene last year. He's he's relatively unheard of. Uh, <laughs> OBJ had two hundred and two point five fantasy points and missed four games. This is standard scoring. The rest of the New York Giants wide receivers had two hundred twenty five point five, so they were about twenty three points apart last year. Who do you got for 2015, assuming OBJ plays all 16 games? OBJ in standard scoring or all of the New York Giants wide receivers? Who scores more? Um, Ruben Randall, James Jones, Ty's, Ty's boyfriend, Corey Washington. <laughs> all those guys. We forgot, we forgot Victor Cruz. Um, yeah, right, Victor Cruz. Yeah. So if, uh, if he stays healthy, then I'm going to go with the, the field. I'm going to go with the rest of the wide receivers. Um, but it's going to be close, I think. But if Victor Cruz stays healthy with Ruben Randall, yuck. And um, James Jones, yes. Uh, he's going to – I think they're going to – those three alone are going to score more than Odell Beckham Jr. That's yeah, just, I, was just, I was just trying to think because, Frank, last last episode you said that James Jones was going to score 23 touchdowns. Exactly. So <laughs> I don't know what that comes out to in math, but I'm pretty sure that's the field. That's 1 million points. <laughs> right. No, I, I'll do the same. I'm going to take uh, – I think Cruz and James Jones have a shot to, to, uh, to top OBJ this year by themselves. Uh, but, yeah, you throw in Ruben Randall. I mean, I don't like Ruben Randall, but he's going to do something. And then Corey Washington, if he makes the team, you know, he's going to have some occasional points there. But, yeah, I, I think I'll take the field. What do you got, Scott? What do you think? 
I, I'm also going to take the field. In PPR, this isn't even close because, I mean, Manning's going to complete like 350 passes, right. 400 pass, whatever. And uh, OBJ's at, at most going to get, what, 100, 125? One, I mean... So in PPR, it's not close. But in standard, I'm, I'm going to take the field as well. And, and just the way you guys talked about if, if OBJ has a 220-point season or something like that, and you think Cruz and um, – I think you said Cruz and James Jones could equal him. Mm-hmm. That, that's 440 fantasy points out of that, plus the extras. How good is Eli Manning and that offense going to hum this year? <laughs> oh, I Especially hope. Shane Vereen. Oof. And Shane Vereen. Yeah. Man. And Vikings. Larry Donnell catching three touchdowns against me every time he plays me. But yes. <laughs> Vikings and Giants podcast. We should rename this thing. Right. And every once in a while, a Tennessee Titan. Uh... No, no. Just don't talk about them. <laughs> don't talk about it. Okay. Well, that wraps up our show for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, you can now uh, tweet our official podcast Twitter handle at BullRushPod. And uh, nice. we'll, we'll try to be a little and, bit more active on there and give updates. And we'd love to hear what your reach around would. Use hashtag reach around and uh, tweet, tweet the podcast, hashtag reach around. And, and we might mention the best one on the air next week. <laughs> that is perfect. <laughs> Yes. Hashtag reach around and send it to you at bullrushpod. All right. Take it easy. Have a good one. Take care, man. Have a good one. Oh, that's what Ty said. Later. (laughs) 